Hello and welcome to Sunday School Dropouts, the podcast where an ex-Christian and a non-believing sort of Jew read all the way through the Bible for the first time. My name is Nico Bakulich. And I'm Lauren O'Neill. And let's get biblical. Let's get biblical. But before we do that, we have a few ground rules to cover. First of all, no more than two concealed pistols in the area at any time. <laughs> yep. And um, free refills are only for coffee, no other beverages. Also, I am the non-believing sort of Jew. And I'm the ex-Christian. I am now an atheist. Also, this is not a Christian Bible study podcast. And it's not for children, because we swear a bunch and also discuss adult themes. Adult themes like the stirring theme from... Jaws! (laughs) (laughs) Doo-doo. Yeah, it's beautiful. Do 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 do. Etc. Etc. Lots of lots of repeat signs on that one. Um the other thing we want to mention is that usually this is the part where we would tell you what bibles we read. But it doesn't matter today because as you know because you saw the title of this episode. Clever girl you. Mhm. Clever girl or boy. I won't allow it. Mm-hmm. You got it. Everybody's a clever girl today. Uh, we're covering the second half of the Acts of Thomas, the apocryphal book of the Acts of Thomas. Yes, so if you haven't listened to last week's episode, I mean, (laughs) it's not as if you won't understand this one, but you'll get some background. Yeah, background. Uh, Jesus has a twin brother. He is running wild in India. Yeah, okay. So, in case you haven't listened to last week's episode, in case this is your first Sunday School Dropouts episode ever... I'm just going to give you some ultra-fast facts on this. Just refresh your memory, even if you've heard this before. It's one of these Acts books. There's a There were a bunch of them, but only one made it into the canonical Bible, which is Acts of the Apostles, or as we call it, Acts. Um, and we, we did um, Acts of Paul and Thecla before, and now we're doing this one, Acts of Thomas. It's about Jesus's identical twin brother, Thomas, mm-hmm. who was also the disciple Thomas. That was just just somehow never mentioned. Nobody ever mentioned that he looked exactly the same. His name, his given name is Judas, but his his title is Didymus Judas Thomas, which means twin Judas twin. Do you think, do you think that they ever like pulled pranks, like twin pranks when they were growing up? I mean, this whole book is basically a twin prank. Like Mary is like, hey, could you go? Get some water from the well, Thomas, or Judas, and then, like, he hands her the water and it's wine, and she's like, Jesus, you turned the water into wine again. Thank you. I'm not sure if that's a prank, Uh, but to answer your question, yes, they absolutely did. Like, what are some pranks they might have pulled? I don't, I don't know anything about pranks. I don't like pranks. You're asking me, asking the wrong person. Didn't mean to lead us down the path to prank town. <laughs> we had to split this book into two parts because it's insanely long. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's nigh one hundred and seventy of your Earth chapters. Oh my god! Uh, they're not really connected very strongly, so you don't necessarily need to have listened to last week's episode. But uh, all you need is. To know is, like I said, Jesus has a twin brother and yeah. he's running wild in India. Yeah. And he's, he sold his twin brother as a slave. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's, he ran wild in India, uh, convinced a married couple never to have sex, mm-hmm. uh, scammed a king, uh, blew up a Satan dragon snake thing, brought a couple people back to life, mm-hmm. and uh, most importantly, converted a shit ton of people. Worshipping his identical twin brother, who is also God. <laughs> right. Not him. Very clearly not him, not despite him. the fact that he is running wild, doing all of the same miracles. Yes. So, um, as he's traveling about, getting into mischief, mm-hmm. um, a high-ranking captain of another Indian king. We've already, like, we've already seen several kings of of various parts of India. Mm-hmm. Kind of unclear what this the author thinks India is, but <laughs> it's a good point, but um so a high-ranking captain of this some Indian king uh hears about him and he comes up and tells him, you know, like well, 3 years ago, 
I sent my wife and daughter to attend a friend's wedding, even though they didn't want to go. And um, a man and a boy ran up and grabbed them. And like servants fought the attackers off, but they had seizures, my wife and daughter, and like fell unconscious. And um, ever since then, they keep having seizures because they're like demon possessed. Mm -hmm. Also, (laughs) it goes to great lengths to describe these attackers as being black. And it says that the mom and daughter, as they were passing by, were like, oh, look at those hideous black people with teeth like milk and lips like soot. So maybe if they were less racist, this wouldn't have even become a problem. But now they're demon possessed. And oh, racism is the demon that lives inside of America. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. It would be good if somebody would exercise that demon. Um, so Thomas hears the story and he's like, yeah, cool. I'll go heal them for you. They travel a, a long way to this guy's city. Uh Thomas has to tame some wild donkeys to like pull them there um, and finally gets there and he heals them and it you know he has to say like a billion prayers he has to like bargain with the demons kind of like when Jesus had to get the demons into the herd of pigs exactly how, like how Jesus yeah that. Uh, like, exactly every part of this is just is a parallel to something Jesus did yeah except that they don't go into a herd of pigs they just disappear yeah um, and then finally, they're healed from the grievous illness of black people touching them. Uh, Thomas keeps on uh, preaching in this town. Um, he's, again, cribbing from Jesus pretty heavily, mm-hmm. including the line, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I mean, shouldn't it be, and Jesus will give you rest? The I don't think Thomas has the power to grant rest during this book the lines do get crossed a little bit sometimes because everybody is treating thomas like he is jesus yeah essentially yeah and he's not super dissuading them of that notion because he's it's a big twin prank yeah you think this is a twin prank i mean i think like his whole life was a twin prank basically Mm. so now we get into the the meat of this half of the book. Because when he was preaching there. Yeah. And he gives that speech about come to me all you weary yeah. or whatever. There's a rich lady in the crowd. Yes. And the rich lady wants to get close to Thomas because she wants to hear the news about who this young. This new God is. Who they, this young they, man is. They keep referring to the new God mm-hmm. in this book. Um, this is a book that doesn't have a very strong opinion of. Or knowledge of whatever else is going on in India in religious terms. Because (laughs) literally everybody will drop whatever they got for Christianity the first time they hear about it. We never hear about anybody like, like there were the riots from the silversmiths who who made shrines to Artemis. Right. We never hear anything about there were shrines to some Indian goddess just. And nobody's objection to the new faith has anything to do with another faith. No. It's just practical stuff generally. Yeah. Like not being allowed to have sex ever. And not being allowed to have children. Mm-hmm. I don't know why anybody would have a problem with those <laughs> two things. Um, so this woman, her name is Migdonia. Mm, great name. Um, and she she goes up. Well, <laughs> first of all, servants are carrying her in like a like a litter or sure. whatever. Um, but she she hops off the litter and goes to Thomas, and she's like, um. You know, like, please uh, tell me what to do to be a Christian. And he's like, you know, great. No problem. Um, You have to stop wearing all these fancy clothes and jewelry and being rich. And uh, also you can never have sex again. Mm -hmm. And so she goes back to her home, to her husband, Caresius. Mm -hmm. And he's like, uh, and he's he's a close relative of the king, King Misdeus. He's like, you know, what's wrong? You seem you seem troubled. And she's like, oh, I'm just sick. And he's like, well, then why would you go out and listen to that crazy guy shouting nonsense in the street? She won't eat dinner. I like this, though. 
Teresius or Caresius. Um, he's like, okay, well, if you're sick, then I'll just have dinner brought into your chambers and I'll eat with you. Mm-hmm. And it's actually kind of sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, but she still won't eat even when he has the food room serviced. Um, and he he starts having like weird dreams, whatever. And then the next day, Magdonia goes to find Thomas again. He lays some some thick beatitudes on her. Mm-hmm. Blessed are the meek, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when she gets home, her husband is like, where were you? And she's like, oh, I just went to the doctor. And he's like, oh, so that creepy traveling sorcerer is a doctor now? And she's like, yeah, he's the doctor of souls. And I like, Caricius doesn't like that. I like that she gets 100% caught in a lie and like pivots really quickly. <laughs> yeah. Because she's like, oh, I was at the doctor. Um and he's like, oh, the doctor, huh? Yeah, the doctor of souls is what I mean to say. I wasn't lying. Yeah. In fact, I was about to finish my sentence. <laughs> right, and exactly. you just cut me off. Yeah. Um, and Gracious is like, this guy seems really weird. Like, they say he doesn't eat. Um, he says we can't smash. Are you going to follow that? I don't like that. Um. He claims to heal people, but he doesn't take any payment because he knows he's a fraud. Mm -hmm. Of course, that's the only reason someone would take no payment. Honestly, like doctors back then, like none of them should have taken payment. (laughs) Doctors got to eat too. Here, have a a heart-shaped piece of meat. That'll cure your heart. Five dollars, (laughs) please. And this continues the theme established in the first half of the Acts of Thomas, um, whereby... Thomas is uh, asking you to give up everything sexual in your life. Mm-hmm. But the thing that he's offering you is always described in very sexual terms. Mm. Um, for example, um, when Magdonia goes back to Thomas the day when she says she's at the doctor, mm-hmm. um, she says, in truth, my Lord, I have received the seed of thy words and I will bear fruit like unto such seed. <laughs> the apostle saith. Our souls give praise and thanks unto thee, O Lord, for they are thine. Our bodies give thanks unto thee, which thou hast accounted worthy to become the dwelling place of thy heavenly gift. That's funny. I, like, did not see that at all because I was just like, yeah, the seed, like the parable of the mustard seeds. I was like, and it will bear fruit. Yeah, the fruits of the spirit. Yeah. <laughs> like, it didn't even occur to me that that's an inherently sexual metaphor. I just so like I, that. I like that he's trying to replace sex with this with, like, spirit. spiritual stuff. But, spirit sex. Yeah, spirit sex. It's like you get to have sex with God forever in heaven. <laughs> mm-hmm. Doesn't that sound like fun? <laughs> There's no safe word here. <laughs> um, so then when Caresius comes in uh, to Magdonia's room later that night and, you know, tries to smang it, she cries out for Jesus's help and she runs out of the bedroom naked because I guess she sleeps naked. Um just wrapped in like her her canopy bed's curtain mm-hmm. um and again Caresius is like kind of sweet he's like really bummed out and he's like he says like the problem isn't really that she doesn't want to have sex i'm just really worried about her like she seems she's acting really different she's running places naked mm-hmm. you know is she like mentally okay did this guy make her go crazy does this guy have her under some sort of evil spell i'm like becoming a widower because this crazy sorcerer is taking my wife away. And when he gives this soliloquy, which is, it very much is that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he lays out some pretty straightforward reasons why he's concerned, like he said. And he's like, I married this woman. She was so beautiful. She was above me in station. Mm-hmm. But I could have had any choice because I'm a buddy of the king's. Yeah. Um, I don't have any kids. So I'm concerned about, like, my legacy. And yeah, and, and also, like, I don't have any family. Like, I don't have kids to to hang out with and spend time with because we just haven't had kids yet. They've been married for less than a year. Mm-hmm. Um, So he goes to see the king, who's his close relative, King Misdeus. He tells him what happened, and Misdeus is like, don't worry, we will stick this dude right in the guillotine. Mm-hmm. So Thomas is staying at the... At Captain Cypher's house, uh, whose whose uh, wife and daughter he cured of having to talk to minorities. Yes. 
And Cypher has become the biggest Christian booster in the region. Yeah, and he's like hosting Thomas um, the way that people host Paul, mm-hmm. you know, in, in lots of Paul's epistles. Um, and so they go, they get him from Cypher's house. C4, Cypher, I don't know. Cypher, like in the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Um, and Thomas is like, sorry, um, you can't hurt me due to my identical twin brother who shares my DNA, except that we have different fathers, but also my mom was definitely a virgin when she had us. So just letting you know that. And then they put him in prison. Mm-hmm. And he's, of course, like, yes, I'm going to prison in your face, Paul. I'm going to be the most persecuted Christian ever and the best. And... I also look just like Jesus. He's like, I know how this goes. We have entered end game. <laughs> so um, the prisoners ask him to pray for them. And this is where things get really Gnostic, mm-hmm. really g- nasty. Mm-hmm. Because Thomas recites to them the hymn of the pearl. And this is a previously existing hymn. Um probably predates the rest of this text and was just like inserted in here um and it's really interesting because it's like a gnostic poem basically or a gnostic kind of like worship song like i'm so used to seeing you know this old testament poetry like in psalms or proverbs Mm -hmm. and it's just weird to think of it being like this biblical poetry that like didn't make it into the bible i don't know yeah so this hymn tells the story of a a prince from, quote-unquote, the East. You know, just the East. Right. The East of wherever. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, they send him down to Egypt to bring back a pearl guarded by a serpent. And if he can do that, then he'll get to come back home and put on his fancy jeweled royal clothes again. And in the hymn, his parents, you know give him this mission or whoever gives him this mission. And then they says they armed me with adamant and they took off from me the garment set with gems spangled with gold, which they had made for me because they loved me and the robe that was yellow in hue made for my stature. They made a covenant with me and inscribed it on mine understanding that I should forget it, that I should not forget it, I assume. So he goes to Egypt and uh, he's disguised as an Egyptian but then some Egyptians trick him into eating food. And it's like a Persephone and Hades type of situation uh, where you can't eat the food in the place, in the like magic place. Right. Um, so once he does, he forgets that he's a prince. He forgets about the pearl and he becomes a servant to the Egyptian king. So basically, he's like the Gnostic concept of a human soul that is separated from heaven where the real God lives. That's his robe and yeah. like his parents and his right? parents um and is stuck on earth which was created by a shitty lesser god named yaltabaoth as right. we discussed that's in egypt mm-hmm. and he no longer has the knowledge or gnosis gnosis of where he came from and so the serpent has the pearl the serpent being like satan yeah and the pearl being gnosis right or wisdom or yeah something like that and also him being dressed as an egyptian is like um the idea of how our souls are like clothed in shitty human bodies when we're on earth i see um like you see that i think a lot we've seen it a lot in this book and we saw it a lot in gospel of thomas uh this idea that when you go to heaven, you'll take off your body like clothes and it'll yeah. just be like dirty rags that you throw aside. Which sounds cool. Sounds fun. Um, it also sounds like a little racist toward Egyptians here. <laughs> I feel like this isn't the most like PC book. Um, These are folktales. Folktales don't have time for PC okay. nonsense. Uh, so then in the hymn, the prince's parents, um, the king and queen, send him this magical letter that reminds him of who he is. Um, and so then he remembers and, and he, so that's jesus coming down right yeah or yeah or like the word of god in some form probably jesus like in the case of philip k dick a pink beam of light yeah yeah and then he kills the serpent yeah he remembers who he is kills the serpent um by saying his father's name defeating satan by saying god's name i guess takes the pearl uses the magical letter to find directions home 
gives the pearl to his father and puts on his fancy royal robes that are now even better than the ones he left behind. They're jeweled and they're many colored and um, it says like knowledge is flowing through them. Mm -hmm. And then he gets to fuck God forever in heaven. Yeah. Just like all Gnostics do. So Thomas sings this to the prisoners and they apparently love it. Which is very hard to believe. As cause like Maybe they love it because they don't the, have any idea what it means. <laughs> but even what I was going to say is without knowing anything about what it means, it's just like a really bad story. Because <laughs> like he just forgets temporarily. And he doesn't have to overcome any obstacles to remember. Somebody sends him a letter. Yeah. He remembers and then just accomplishes the task. Yeah. It's not like it's the most arbitrary yeah. and artificial obstacle that could ever be put in in a hero's journey, yeah, you know? that's true. Meanwhile, Caresius goes back home thinking, you know, the spell is broken. This guy's in jail. My wife will be back to normal, but she's not. And so he's like, you know, what's going on? We're married. I love you. We're following all legal and religious rules that we have here in India. In India, mm-hmm. unspecified part of India. Um. And I feel like I'm losing you and I'm really sad. It's it's again like it's really his, his point of view is very well established yeah. and it's very relatable. Honestly, yeah. Well, her point of view is not well established. She's, yeah. She's just like she f- falls for Christianity instantly. She's like, well, you're just a mortal meat sack and you're going to die. But now I'm in love with Jesus and Jesus like has eternal life. I will say one of the things in this book that's so interesting is. Most of the big converts are women. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Caresia says to her, like, I know this sorcerer is in town. He keeps converting all these women. Right. And the main selling point that Thomas seems to have for these women is if you're a Christian, it's actually good if you don't want to have sex with your horrible husband. Yeah. That's basically it. Yeah. And they're like, they're like, really? <laughs> well, they're like, like, you're going to have eternal life and stuff. But it does seem to be a big selling point that you won't have sex with your husband. Which I do feel like it seems like a bigger selling point for women, probably. I mean, probably in a scenario where they don't have any choice or control over the matter. Right. Right. I mean, it's giving them choice and control. It's just that the only choice that's acceptable is none at all. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So Caresis is like, okay. I'm trying to be really sensitive to your needs right now. <laughs> Why don't you sleep on this? He he really is very he is very reasonable, and he's trying to talk with her yeah. about this. And he's like, in the morning, if you change your mind, great. I will let this sorcerer leave town. I won't hurt him because I know that would be sad for you. I'll just kick him out, and we'll just resume our lives. He goes to bed and she just immediately takes a bunch of money and heads straight to the jail to bribe the jailers to let Thomas go. Speaking of which, this these jailers get the shit bribed out of them. I know. They get bribed like 20 times in the next I know. couple chapters. And it's funny because this is also like this is also the same thing we saw in the Acts of Paul and Thecla, mm-hmm. where Thecla went to break him out and bribed the jailers. And it's like, you know how there's like this phenomenon of women like becoming pen pals? To, yeah. to men in prison mm-hmm. and then they will like marry them even though they can't even like have conjugal visits or anything I, like i always thought that was so crazy and so weird but i feel like actually there must be some sort of deep-rooted human tendency toward that because i feel like that's what we're seeing here mm. and in the acts of paul and thecla but it is also a, a christian tenet to visit those in prison that's true too that's true too but it's but so it doesn't, highly it's, sexualized. I know, but it's not mixed up with sex in yeah. the in the <laughs> when Jesus said it. When Jesus yeah. said it, yeah. Here it's all sex. Yeah, and in Acts of Paul, even more so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so okay, she's headed to the jail in the night. And then all of a sudden she sees this guy coming toward her with a, a bright light in front of him. And she assumes it's like the king or something, because like who else would have such a bright light? <laughs> <laughs> Great thinking. <laughs> you know? It's a classic. That's a classic Velma yeah. right there. It's like electricity hadn't even been discovered yet, so it was very expensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Only a king could afford that. Um, and she's afraid the king will punish her, so she hides. Um, but she's sad now because she won't be able to free Thomas, which means Thomas won't be able to baptize her. But who was this mysterious light? And 
Was it Mr. King? And who was phone? That's a, all tremendous questions that we will answer in just a moment. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to be back with a little bit more Sunday School Dropouts. Okay, bye. Bye. Welcome back to Sunday School Dropouts. I'm Lauren. And I'm Nico. And we are talking about the second half of the apocryphal book of the Acts of Thomas, Jesus's identical twin brother. His twin exist, mischief brother. <laughs> but had some some very mischievous acts as he traveled throughout, quote unquote, India, mm-hmm. whatever that means to Qu- the people who wrote this book. <laughs> traveled the breadth and depth of a place. <laughs> um. And when we left off, Thomas. I will say, yeah. to interrupt you right away. Great. The thing that makes it so, um, people might be wondering, why are you being so, like, you know, not sure if it's India or whatever. There's a, a thousand percent, it's the lack of specifics in in this book that make me be like, well, this could be literally anywhere. And they just chose India because they've heard of it. Yeah. And all the names, like none of the names sound Indian. Yeah. All the names are Greek. Yeah. Or Parisius is yeah. not an Indian name. And it doesn't mention like, you know, we're going from this place to that place or we're crossing even some mountains or a famous right. river or yeah. they have a famous tree or nothing. It's just like anonymous places, random people acting like it's nothing. It's like very much like this is a uh, somebody's travels in an exotic land. Right. Unspecified. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And yeah. that's just as much as possible, I think. To cover up the fact that this is just a gospel retread with Jesus's twin brother. Twin brother. Yeah. Which like, <laughs> who thought it was necessary? I guess Gnostics did. I don't know. They needed their own little Gnostic Maybe version. it means something. Probably doesn't mean anything. So Thomas, when we left, he was in jail. Uh, and Megdonia, another great <laughs> Indian sounding name. Mm-hmm. Uh, was tr- was trying to break him out, and she came upon a guy with a very bright light. She thought it was the king, but when he walked up to her, turned out it was Thomas. And she's like, "Whoa, how'd you get out of jail?" And he's like, "Let's just say I have friends in high places, and they're my twin brother Jesus." <laughs> so now she wants to get baptized. There's no seal-infested dunk tank nearby mm-hmm. like there was in the Acts of Thecla. Yeah, that was good. So she runs back home and wakes up her nurse, who is named Narsha. Narsha, Narsha, Narsha. Great. Nice. <laughs> and she's like, um, this is seriously, this is honestly what she said. She's like, nurse, nurse, like you've done so much for me from the time that I was a little kid. And none of that meant anything because the world is fake but could you do me one more favor <laughs> Migdonia turns into a real jerk if you ask she me she is she's she's a huge jerk and the nurse is like well fuck you but sure um and well i still work for you so i think i ha- kind of have to say yeah. yes like, and <laughs> Migdonia has her bring bread wine and oil which are what she needs for her baptism mm-hmm. and she specifies like that she only needs a small amount of each but she still is making her fucking nurse carry it. Like, why don't you carry it? Oh, your arm's going to get tired? I thought they were fake arms. thought you didn't care about this world anymore. I mean, in true 
uh, rich person fashion. I don't think she knows where they keep any of that stuff. Actually, you're probably right. You're probably right. She's like, where's the kitchen? I don't know. Yeah, I've never been there. Thomas would be like, well, I would put the bakehouses on the south end. <laughs> we all know where Thomas would put the goddamn bakehouses. Um, but so, so yeah, so she and Narsha go meet up with Thomas and have this very weird baptism ceremony yeah. where he like anoints her with with the oil and also she has to like take off her clothes and get wrapped in linen i guess as a reference to like jesus being wrapped in linen before he's put in the tomb i have no idea i don't know like taking off the worldly clothes of your body and putting on the heavenly clothes of linen yeah i don't know it's very weird um narsha however is very impressed by it so Mm -hmm. she converts too and then they do the same thing to her and then uh Thomas just moseys right back into his jail cell. Which is, at that point, why are you going back to jail? Yeah. So, in the morning, Caricius comes to his wife's bedroom to check up on her. And now there's her and her nurse sitting there praying to Jesus. And he's like, oh, come on. So... He and King Misdeus decide well, to try... Mignonia, Mignonia gives approximately zero shits about what Caricius thinks. Yeah. No, she's like, literally, I hate everything that's in the world and I only care about heaven and Jesus now. So, Caricius and King Misdeus. Well, actually, Caricius kind of convinces the king mm-hmm. to take a different tack here and try to persuade Thomas to recant on all this shit and then hopefully that will break the spell he has yeah because you know women love a rebel right and so like as soon as you know he goes back on it yeah as soon as he caves into the man yeah uh but of course he won't and caricius's response is really interesting he's like definitely the most realistic like three-dimensional character Mm -hmm. in this story he's like if you don't give my wife back i'm gonna kill you and i'm gonna kill myself (laughs) Because there just won't be any reason for living. Like, you've taken my love away from me. Mm-hmm. And Thomas is like, yeah, great. I'm happy to, you know, get rid of this sinful rag pile that is my body and uh, shoot straight up to heaven. Going to be pranking angels with my twin brother, just like just like old times. Mm-hmm. So he takes Thomas to his house, to Caracas's house. And there's Magdonia, and she's literally praying to die. Like, her prayer is, dear God, I hate being alive. I hate being a sack of meat and poop, and I just want to be a soul in heaven. Please bring me there. want to see those sweet twin pranks. And Thomas is like, um, hey, uh, obey your husband, quote unquote, mm-hmm. wink, wink. And she's like, no. Well, she's like, my only husband is the big guy upstairs. Yeah. Who looks just like you, just like you. Funny how that works. And Thomas is like, well, you know, I tried. So <laughs> um, and then later that night, King Mysteus makes a really dumb move. He's telling his wife, Tertia, this crazy story about, yeah, like my cousin or whatever, his wife. He's like, have you heard about Caresius's wife? Yeah. It's this crazy story. There's like this sorcerer. He convinced her not to bone down. Yeah. And now Caricius is losing his shit and getting up all in my business. I'm the king. I don't want to deal with some sorcerer. And so he's like, could you go over and check on her and just try to reason with her? And Tertia's like, yeah, totally. She goes to visit Magdonia. Fucking two minutes in the door. Yeah. She's a Christian. It's fucking two minutes. <laughs> she Yeah, they go to hear Thomas preach and she, yeah. So. It really... Whatever else they got going on in, quote unquote, India at this time. Yeah. I, it's nowhere near the level. It doesn't seem like there's a lot for women. Yeah. <laughs> they seem really ready to be done with this. They'll take literally anything else. Obviously, the king is not very pleased with this turn of events. Um, he fucked himself. <laughs> crap boy. He, I like, he goes up to Caricius and he's like, what the fuck, dude? Why did you like... Fuck me over when it didn't even help you. Like, why'd you take my wife away from me when it didn't even get you your wife back? And Chris is like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's <laughs> like, the fucking sorcerer got my wife too. So he goes, the king personally goes to Captain Cypher's house and drags Thomas out. And they beat the shit out of him. Yeah, they bring him to like the royal dungeon or whatever. Um, or like the Supreme Court dungeon. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the Supreme Court dungeon. Yeah. 
<laughs> just like an accurate description of America. Um, and then while Thomas is locked up, the king's son, uh, Vazan or Yozanis, Yozanis, yeah, as it's rendered in certain translations, goes down to talk to Thomas because he's hoping to learn some secret magic tricks from this powerful sorcerer. He's like, I hear you got a sorcerer down there, and I am a king's son of not much distinction, and I gotta get magic. I would love some magic. Instead, the only magic he learns. He does learn some secret knowledge of how to (laughs) give up on your entire life and plan out a path. Be a Gnostic Christian. Um, and without knowing that his son has converted, uh, the king orders his soldiers to torture Thomas, um, so that he'll answer the question like, "Who do you serve? How do you get these powers?" Mm -hmm. You know, and and Thomas just keeps saying, "Uh, "I serve Jesus. I get my powers from Jesus." Yeah, not a secret. Yeah, but. That doesn't make any sense to anyone. So, but also the torture doesn't even work. Yeah, because they're going to burn his feet with like hot irons. Mm-hmm. But God just sends a flood and washes the irons away, and then the king is like, "Oh no, I'm going to die from this flood! Can you please pray to your God to save me?" <laughs> like a pretty fucking ballsy move. Agreed. From like asking this from the dude you were just trying to torture. But Thomas says, yes, yeah, I will do that. He does. He prays. The water dries up and the king sticks him back in prison. <laughs> and he's like, he's not like, oh, thanks for saving my life. I believe in your God now. He's like, well, I guess I don't want to torture you right now. I'll put you back in prison for a while. The text says that he's trying to figure out another way to torture him that won't backfire on him so badly. <laughs> he's like, I need to find a way to torture him that he can't flip around in some sort of monkey's paw situation <laughs> and get me with. I don't like these little these little word tricks that he's playing. Of course, the captain and the captain's wife and daughter and the prince are like all all chilling in jail. Everybody's with in jail. Yeah. Are there any prisoners <laughs> down there? Or is it just royalty down there? It's like a good question. And Thomas is, of course, just, you know, a preaching and a praying. He's loving it. Yeah. This guy. Jerk off hand motion. Yeah. Jerk off hand motion. He's goes on a very, very, very long speech, which is so fucking repetitive it's not that it's like boring it's not that the concepts are boring no but it's just that like yeah we get the world doesn't matter you want to go to heaven god is eternal life blah 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 at one point he specifically mentions that mary was a virgin (laughs) when she had jesus Uh seems like kind of a weird claim for jesus's twin brother personally to make just you know nobody's like Quick question. How <laughs> does that about... work? He's no no no. She was definitely a virgin. I mean, I'm uh. not I'm not the son of God. I was conceived regularly and born at the exact same time as my brother, but it was a virgin. Yeah. Totally. Um and then the prince, Prince Vazan, is like <laughs> which is a Disney Disney villain. Yeah, it does sound does sound like a Disney villain. Um he's like yeah, like my dad made me marry this chick when I was 14 and now I'm 21, but we've never had sex because I wanted to do a celibate marriage. Like you're always talking about, even though you've been in India for like seven months (laughs) max. I just met you, but it's so funny. And But I've been doing this for seven years and also my wife is like really sick and can't get out of bed. Uh, But it was definitely. I mean, that's a better reason to have a celibate marriage, honestly. I mean, it seems like that's the real reason. And he's just being like, oh, uh, yeah, but we did it because like your shit. Totally. I knew that from seven years ago. Totally. Um, At this point, Tertia, the king's wife, Magdonia and Narsha, the nurse, show up at prison and they're like, what? Thomas? Like, how are you here? You came and got us and and brought us in here. Thomas is like, ladies, I'm afraid you've just been the victims of a twin prank. Classic twin prank featuring Jesus Um, and Thomas. (laughs) And twin Judas twin. Actually, you know what? By this point, the book has completely switched to calling him Judas. Yeah. Which, like... That's not the decision I would have made as an early Christian, given the Judas that people will mainly think about. 
I mean... I would have, like, leaned pretty hard on Thomas. In the main personally. act, they also replaced Judas with another Judas. No. Don't they? No, they replaced Judas with Matthias. Oh. But in some of the Gospels, there is a second Judas who's right. also... I mean, yeah, it's a common name. Yeah. There was also, like, the Judas and the Maccabees and whatever. It's just the Greek version of the word of the name Judah, which, obviously, it's the name of one of Jacob's sons and a whole country at some point. So your point is? My point is I still would have gone with Thomas, okay. personally. Me too. <laughs> um, God puts everyone in the jail who isn't a Christian to sleep for some reason. And uh, Thomas sends Vazan to like go get stuff ready for their escape or something or get stuff for a baptism. It's baptism because they're um, going to have another weird baptism. Another weird baptism. And so Vazan goes to his house and then he sees his wife there. Her name is... Manasara, or I guess just Nasara. Mm. Assuming it's Greek MN. I don't fucking know. I don't speak Greek. Even though he said that they don't live in the same house earlier, but whatever. Now they do. And he's like, Whoa, how are you out of bed? This is amazing. And she's like, Oh, um, I was feeling really horny. Um, <laughs> and I was thinking that tonight might be the night. And he's like, Ooh, sorry. That's, that's not actually what happens, that's but that not would be what better. happens. That would be better. What she actually says is, oh, like, don't you see this youth? I had this dream that a man sent a youth to come, like, support me, help me up out of bed. A man sent a youth. And this is the youth right here. Don't you see him? And uh, Vazan's like, nope, there's nobody there. And then Thomas and the gang bust in. Don't know why they sent Vazan ahead when they were literally, like, Five minutes behind him. Yeah. And she's like, oh, my God, that's that's the guy who sent me the youth in the dream. Thomas is like, nope, you got twin pranked. Classic twin prank. <laughs> and healed from your disease. <laughs> uh, then they do this again, the baptism. They all get naked and wrap themselves in linen. And- I got to read some of this baptism because okay. it's super It's so weird. weird. It's like not like any other baptism that we've seen in the Bible. Having thus prayed over them, the apostle said to Mygdonia, Unclothe thy sisters. And she took off their clothes and girded them with girdles and brought them. But Euzanes had first gone before, and they came after him. And the apostle took oil in a cup of silver and spake thus over it, Fruit more beautiful than all other fruits, unto which none offer whatsoever may be compared, altogether merciful, fervent with the force of the word, power of the tree which men putting upon themselves overcome their adversaries. Obviously. Super weird. Yeah. But it involves getting naked and then wearing something else. Yeah. I I don't get it. It's nothing like any of the baptisms we see elsewhere. Although the baptisms that we see elsewhere in the New Testament are still weird because mm-hmm. people speak in tongues and shit. Yeah. And people think they're drunk on new wine. But this one, it's like, it's weirder. I think this is weirder than speaking in tongues, honestly. It's, it's weirder. It's small weird, you know? <clears throat> And then they take communion with the the bread and the wine. Um, after saying approximately 1,500,072.6 prayers, mm-hmm. Thomas just goes back to jail. And this is the point when you're like, okay, so <laughs> what even, what's the point of What are you jail? doing here? What is the point? What's, and, the, what's the goal? Yeah. But what's your end game here? Thomas does explain the end game. He's like, I'm not going to be with you for much longer. I've got a feeling. Hmm, who said that before? Mm-hmm. But he, I love the way he does this because he sneaks in a little dig at his at his bro Jesus. Um, Wait, for I, I do deliver my word unto you, and I shall no more speak with you in this flesh nor in this world. For I go up unto my Lord and God Jesus Christ, unto him that sold me, unto that <laughs> Lord that humbled himself even unto me. He did sell him. Yeah. He'll never let him forget it, too. They'll be in heaven. And he shouldn't. I mean, that's fucked. To sell your own brother? To sell your own twin? Yeah. To sell yourself, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the slaver has to pretend not to notice that it's your twin. Because <laughs> he just needs a carpenter that bad. I wonder if he just Jedi mind tricked him. Like, this guy looks exactly like you do. It's like, no, he doesn't. You're no, right, he, he doesn't. doesn't. <laughs> um, The jailers go to the king and they're like, look, this guy just keeps walking in and out of we jail need more budget <laughs> we don't we there's nothing we can do our He's door budget magic. is pathetic 
They do say, like, this is the second time we found the doors open. It's like, well, maybe you should keep watch, you fucking idiots. Um, again, King Mazaeus calls him up and he's like, who do you serve? How do you have these powers? Um, and Thomas says, this is a really interesting line to me. You cannot hear his true name at this time, but the name that was given to him is Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's fucking Gnostic, Gnostic as hell, yeah. Gnasty. Weird, weird to see all this Gnostic stuff, which I associate with like people that like books in, uh-huh. in with all this folktale stuff, uh-huh. which I associate with people that don't read books. Well, that's the, I feel like that's the interesting thing about Gnosticism is that, especially with the Hymn of the Pearl, it's mm. like there was a whole, you know, lay culture of Gnosticism going on mm. that we just don't know anything about or just know very little about. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't help that part of their whole thing was like saying this is a secret and you'll never know i mean yeah (laughs) fair fair point uh finally the king uh sends his soldiers to take thomas out of the city limits and kill him because Mm -hmm. he doesn't want a popular uprising honestly very sensible smart move fucks in jerusalem should have taken a lesson Says a big long prayer and soldiers kill him with spears, whatever. He's like, oh, Jesus, like, died with one thing and now I'm dying with four. And I don't understand that because, like, Jesus died with – why was it only one thing? He got, like, a million – he got whipped, he he got speared, he got – He got pierced by one spear. Well, Thomas gets pierced by four spears. Oh, okay. Because there are four guys out there. Also, when they take him out into the woods to kill him or into the mountains or whatever – um. The king's son is also there, just sort of like tagging along. Yeah, yeah. And then the king's, the, Thomas is like, hey, could you bribe these guards so that I could pray really quick? (laughs) And the king's son bribes the guards. And so so then they let him pray. Yeah. And I'm like. For like 10 hours, first of all. I'm like, guys, you guys are skipping a step in here or something. Like, why are you just. I know. I mean, I guess it makes sense that he's given up on life because that's kind of his old deal. But at that point. Like, that's just like breaking out of prison a thousand times and then going and back. And just going back. You could keep traveling in India. All the places in quote unquote India. Think of all the women. It's that... a large land. <laughs> yeah. Think of all the women that are sick of having sex with their husbands. Yeah. There's an untapped market here and you're just giving it up because you want to escape your stupid shitbag body mm-hmm. and go to heaven with your twin brother. <laughs> Play real estate based pranks <laughs> all day. <laughs> We'll call back to the first half of the Acts of Thomas. His followers uh, bury him in a royal tomb. I guess this royal tomb had an opening. <laughs> um, he appears after death to all his followers, much like Jesus did with the disciples. Which is weird. I mean, the apostles shouldn't appear after death. None of the other ones do in the canonical gospels, No. They have magic um, powers, but they're not actually Jesus. Well, this guy's just Jesus. This guy's just Jesus. He doesn't resurrect, though. I feel like they draw a very arbitrary but thick line at resurrection. Mm. They're like, yeah, he's going to do all the other stuff, but he's not quite Jesus, so he can't quite go there. That's true. And he doesn't, like, manifest himself when he's alive. Of course, Jesus doesn't either. So I don't know. But he, I guess he doesn't resurrect. But if if you're appearing after your death... As like an apparition. But Jesus was like physically back. Yeah. He broke the cycle. Yeah. Yeah. He took the blue pill. Yeah. Mm. Like Cypher. Mm-hmm. No, wait. Which one is? <laughs> I don't know which one is which. Well, in, in the Matrix. The Matrix? Yeah. I don't I don't know. Isn't Cypher the one that betrayed them? Cypher is the one. But he took the pill to like stay in the Matrix. Oh. But the other one is where you wake up. Oh. I think that's red pill. Yeah, that's red pill because that's what all the fucks on Reddit say. Yeah. They're like, yeah, I took the red pill and now I understand that feminism controls society. Right. (laughs) And that's why all CEOs and politicians are still male. Anyway, anyway, there's a different son of King Misdeus. And this guy is, quote unquote, a demoniac. Mm -hmm. That's right. A demon maniac. Mm -hmm. As we learned last week in the first half of the Acts of Thomas, most children are possessed by demons and that's why you shouldn't have any it's an unfortunate unfortunate but true statistic yes that most children most children are are demoniacs demoniacs <laughs> and uh mistaeus despite having fucking executed thomas 
he's like, oh, if I go get one of Thomas's bones and hang it around my son's neck, then he'll be free of demons. Well, he didn't like him, but he can't deny that sorcerer had some powerful juju. So he goes to the tomb, but it's empty. Had- Again, another parallel with Jesus, although in this case it explicitly says that somebody <laughs> has just taken his body to Mesopotamia. Yep. Question mark? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why Mesopotamia. Who can say? Um, but the king takes some dust from Thomas's body or where the body used to be and uses that to heal his son. And that's what finally converts him. And then Captain Cypher fucking baptizes him, wraps him in linen, whatever. And that's, I guess, I guess how it ends. That's like the end. Yeah. So it's like he's magic. His body has magic powers. Yeah. But he he is not actually Jesus. Yeah. He's just Jesus' identical twin brother. That has like 98% of his yeah. power. Yeah. And they're both extremely good looking, according to a Jewish flute girl mm-hmm. in the town of Andropolis. <laughs> I wonder what that flute girl is up to these days. I wonder, too. I wonder if she ever got married or if she was like, nope, I'm going to be celibate. Out of respect for that one hot guy. I saw that one time. Yeah, Mm -hmm. That would make sense. It would make as much sense as anything else in this book. So uh, you want to like write this book or whatever? I would love to. How would you rate this book? I would give this book 8 out of 12 twin pranks. All right. Would you care to justify yourself? Yeah. Um, So this is really just the second half of the same book. Yeah. Uh, but this second half really wasn't as inspiring as the first half was. Okay. In my opinion. Um, maybe we had just gotten a little inured to the whole uh, Gnostic milieu. Mm-hmm. But this part of the story had a lot more repetitive praying. Yeah. Which was real boring. Yeah. And I have to say that the plotting didn't really make any sense. Correct. <laughs> I way. mean, it didn't make any sense in the first half. But. No, but it was charming in the first half. And now mm. it's overstated as welcome. Mm. Um, the overall messages are pretty similar, but this one feels like kind of a mess of a piece just because of the like jumping into and out of prison for no reason. Yeah. He tells a story that's unrelated to everything else in the middle of it. The But it's actually related to everything <laughs> when you think about it. Mm-hmm. The fact that it's like a, a dressed up Jesus is so obvious and has so many plot holes in it that it's just like <laughs> really difficult to deal with sometimes. <clears throat> but that's like the point of it. I know. And the fact that he's selling this version of Christianity that apparently consists of nothing except not having sex. And dying also. That's the main point of it. And like, I'm like... There the main o- point is to die. There are other parts of Christianity. like. <laughs> good parts like you're leaving out some a material in order so that you can make this into nothing but celibacy and i'm like well i can't really get behind that too much i mean he does say blessed are the meek and shit but like and he's like you have to take off your your rich clothes to be a good christian but he was like meaning that in a gnostic way like take off your take off your fucking shit sack body yeah take off your like flesh robe yeah Ugh. i'm gonna give it three out of six open prison doors Mm -hmm. and all three of those doors lead to Caricius. Mm -hmm. I loved his portrayal. He was so, he was like actually written as like a real character. Yes. Um, Who was responding honestly to a situation. Yeah. A difficult situation. And it's interesting that there is like actually is a contrast between him and King Misdeus where Mm. um, when Caricius is like losing his wife, he's like, trying to figure it out and he's like no i love you i you know it's not the no sex thing that bothers me it's that you're my wife and i love you and i want you to be happy and um then king mazeus is immediately like fucking kill the guy this sucks i hate this you know and so it it like makes crazy stand out even more as somebody who like genuinely loves his wife Mm -hmm. which is like not something you necessarily see a lot in ancient literature and uh certainly not in like, it's weird in this text where it's, marriage it is out. completely devalued. It sticks out so immensely because he's the only character in this entire book. And I was really rooting for him. I was like, I thought that the happy ending was going to be 
he also converts. Right. But he's actually like the only character who doesn't convert. Mm-hmm. And you can't say you have, you have to blame him. I mean, I mean yeah, it's like <laughs> this guy ruined his life, yeah. you know? Um, But like it sucks that the only person in this entire book last week or this week who actually acted like a human and actually acted in a way that valued other humans and like wasn't completely selfish wasn't just about going to heaven Mm -hmm. like that one guy got fucked like he didn't get fucked that's part of the problem yeah it's very shakespearean in a way yeah it is so i don't know like i i did like kind of the folktale i think the folktaleness worked better in the first half Mm -hmm. that we did last week but like when he blew up that dragon yeah but i mean how are you gonna argue with blowing up a dragon right but I really liked the literary quality of this one character a lot. I agree. It was very out of place. Yeah. I think I was reading this. And I thought there might be, you know, like an op- opera, like a short opera or something in, in Caricius and Thomas. Uh-huh. Thomas and Caricius, like from Caricius' point of view. Uh-huh. That this like sorcerer comes to town and he's got Christianity. Bewitches his wife. Bewitches his wife. And, you know he has to like come to terms with it and he and he loves his wife very much but he's also like is not buying what this sorcerer guy is selling and he supposedly looks exactly like jesus i don't know there's that's a that might be a top quality adaptation for somebody Mm. out there any opera writers listening to the podcast it feels like an opera to me i don't know why i've never seen an opera and have no idea what they're like well maybe one day you'll grow up and see your own damn opera Mm, maybe but until that day we have to fuck with this mailbag <laughs> that's exactly what we have to do um we got another email from craig the pastor mm. uh talking about early anti-gnostic christians in particular saint Irenaeus or Irenaeus, who wrote an amazing parody of the wacky gnostic creation stories uh which craig excerpted for us here's a small sample that i really liked this is him like so this is a contemporary author. This is St. Irenaeus, yeah, like in the year 200 or whatever, mm. pretending to be Gnostic and pretending to explain creation. But along with it, there exists a power, which I term a gourd. And along with this gourd, there exists a power, which again, I term utter emptiness. This gourd and emptiness, since they are one, produced and yet did not simply produce so as to be apart from themselves, a fruit. Everywhere visible, eatable and delicious, which fruit language calls a cucumber. <laughs> and Craig says, uh, the obvious conclusion is that VeggieTales has been secretly implanting supreme mathematics and hermetic knowledge. <laughs> it's 100% true. 100% true. Yeah. There's gourds and cucumbers in there. Mm-hmm. And utter emptiness. Yeah. <laughs> All three. We also got another email from Matt and Tori, who gave us some good suggestions for season three texts, although Matt doesn't understand why we wouldn't just do season three all about how awesome Paul is. I, he's so awesome. Yeah, I mean, he's great. But is he too great to do an <laughs> entire season like about? He might be, too great. We'll, we'll talk about it. His dick might be too not neurotic. <laughs> <laughs> I think Paul suffers from a neurotic dick. I think that's his main problem. Uh, he's, he, both, he both is and has a neurotic dick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They also sent us more pictures of their cat Meeks. Who we already cursed, but we'll curse him again, because why not? So to Meeks, I say, up, thou wicked one and destroyer and enemy of mine house. For me, thy sorcery harmeth not, for I will visit thy sorcery on thine head. Oh, that's a quote from poor Caricius. It is. It sounds like a tragedy, right? It does. Good stuff. I love him. I'll be his wife. Sorry, baby, we're getting divorced. I'm going to go marry a fictional character from... 2000 years ago well i can't say i didn't see it coming <laughs> but that will do it for sunday school dropouts tonight uh as always you can follow the show on twitter at sunschool drop and you can follow me on twitter at lauren e o'neill o'neill spelled like shaquille spells it if you have questions or comments or pets or suggestions you can send all of them including pictures to contact at sundayschooldropouts.lol. That's dot L-O-L, not dot com. And hey, 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 leave us an iTunes review, if you please. If you don't mind, that would pucker us up real good. <laughs> um, as always, I thank Nico for sound engineering, editing, and original music. 
If you want to find out more about original music, you can check out my website. It's wow. nikobakulich.com. That's N-I-K-O-B-A-K-U-L-I-C-H.com. Dot com. And, of course, thank you to Elise Carlton for our beautiful logo. We'll be back next week with more Bibli. Uh, we love you very much. We're proud of you every damn day that you get out of bed and do what you got to do. Hell yeah. Uh, and we will see you on Sunday. Bye. Bye.